Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I'm so excited to be here online. Thank you for being and meeting with us. Um, behind those masks, I know there's a smile. And um, uh, it's maybe a good thing. Maybe if you don't enjoy my message, I'll never know. <laughs> but I just want to say a happy Mother's Day to all the mums out there. We all know how complicated it can be to juggle motherhood, right? And um, even for me on Wednesday night, we celebrated our Mother's Day with the children and I was excited to get there, but uh, something, I was getting my hair done actually, because you know, I've got to kind of look halfway decent for you guys when I get up here, right? And I was like, oh, I've got to get my hair done. And I was excited about Finally getting that done and they were washing my hair right in the middle, I get a call from the school, don't I? And it's like, hi, it's Andrea from... Hi, Bonnie. I'm a, by the way, I'm a, on a first-name basis at the school in the nurse. <laughs> She's like, hi, Bonnie, it's Andrea again, the nurse from the school. I'm like, hi, Andrea. The oh, jet's fallen backwards onto the locker and split his head open. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm on my way. Couldn't get a hold of Miles. I'm not sure where he was. Surely not on in the surf. No, never. Mm-mm, no. So I was like, okay, looks like. So I walked out with drenched, wrenched, wet hair and went and picked uh, my son. The joys of motherhood, right? It's uh, joy. There's the highs, the lows, the good, the bad, the everything. And it is a joy, isn't it? But I just wanted to take this time and say, I have a word from God that he gave me last year in 2020. And um, men, when you listen to this message, even though it is directed to the women of all ages, I want you to listen to the points in this message where you know that you can champion the women in your life. You've got daughters, you've got wives, you've got aunties, you've got mothers, you've got so many women in your life that you have a voice and you can lift them up. I know for me, if I didn't have Miles kind of coming in and lifting me up and helping me through even getting onto this stage, because I'm going to tell you something, this was a no-go zone for me. (laughs) I didn't like the idea of standing on a platform or anything like that. So it's actually a miracle for me to stand here and share with you, but it is, I give all the glory to God. But I also am thankful for my husband for for, uh, championing me in this. And I want to say, champion your women in your life. So uh, my message pretty much kind of comes around the word enough. You know, as women, as girls, as ladies, as mothers, sometimes we either feel like we're not enough or we're not doing enough, right? You know, am I doing enough when it comes to work? Am I doing enough as a mother? Am I doing enough when it's uh, uh, serving the community and being there? But then there's also that other side of, of us where we just don't think we're good enough. I mean, for me, I know that I one of the reasons why I didn't think I was... Uh, I just didn't feel good enough to stand before you to speak to you today. And today we're going to read about a woman in the Bible that didn't feel like she was good enough. As a pastor, you know, I I feel like, you know, I was kind of 
you're a pastor because your husband's decided to be a pastor. <laughs> but, you know, that was at the beginning and I've had to kind of find my way along the way. And I was going through a little bit of a funk last year because uh, Miles does travel a little bit. So he was going from here, there and everywhere. And I was just kind of like, where do I fit and what do I do? And, and at the time, um, I went into the school to drop my kids off. I'd gotten all the kids ready, you know what it's like for school, getting them all ready, or when you're getting ready for Sunday, I had a big pile of lunch. I remember looking at the pile of lunch thinking, man, I need to take a photo of this. This is kind of something that's like out there from, it's a, it's a big pile of food because the boys just can't fill them up. But anyway, um, yeah, I was, I, was, I was getting all the lunches ready and I got into the car and I got them to school and kissed them goodbye and I was like, yeah, I did it. And then a lady came over to me and she's like, hi, Pastor Bonnie. And I was like, hi, how are you going? And she's like, I'm great. She said, "Um, I just love that you're my pastor. I love that you're my pastor. And I'm like, oh, really? That's so nice. And she's like, and I was thinking, yeah, she goes, you're just so real and so authentic. And I was like, oh, really? That's so nice of you. What what do you mean? Like I was thinking maybe she's going to say, you know, you just speak God's word and you just bring encouragement when I see you and you just got it all together and, you know, you, you, you look just so great. And, but she's like, yeah, you're just like us, you know. She's like, you just put your hair up in a, in a mum bun and you have no makeup on. She's like, you're just like us. And I was like, oh, thanks. I feel really good about myself. I feel like a really good pastor. And I just, I went home and I was like, oh, and I went and got in the car and I looked in the mirror. I'm like, whoa, yeah, I kind of do look. (laughs) And I was like, oh, I just really didn't feel really great about myself. And I was like, I'm not good enough to do this. And then just as I was driving home, this song came on. It was called The Alabaster Heart by Bethel. And I was like, wow, that's a beautiful song. What does this alabaster jar mean? And that is what my story is about, or my message is about today. Uh, so let's dive into God's Word. And it's in Luke seven thirty six to 38. It says, uh, When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived in a, a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came here with an alabaster jar of perfume as she stood behind him at his feet weeping. (laughs) It gets me every time. She began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them and poured perfume on them. Now this lady's name, her name was Mary and she was considered the sinful woman or woman of sin. Not only that, in um, Mark... It's in Mark. But she was also known as the woman that Jesus cast seven demonic spirits out of, healed her. And so she's this woman that definitely didn't feel like she was enough. Not only in in the eyes of herself, but also in the eyes of many others. And it's like... It's like when you think of a sinful life or a sinful, when, when you look into that kind of paraphrase in the Bible, that can obviously be linked to uh, prostitution or she could be considered a harlot. So she, she's a woman with a past. And here she comes with an alabaster jar. And she's like, I want to hand this over to my saviour who healed me, who saved me. 
And, you know, this alabaster jar, I was like, what is this alabaster jar? What is it? What it you know? And so I wanted to dive into the word more and I wanted to learn more. What is an alabaster jar? And it, it's not like a bottle of Chanel 05 that sits on her <laughs> counter or it's not like a, a modern muse that we have that we just squirt on. This was something extremely significant in her life. This was a perfume jar made of a soft rock or a mineral called alabaster. And what would happen is back in the um, Jewish days, uh, the, when they would have a child, a young woman, the mother and father would go and purchase a, a large alabaster rock. And what they would do, depending on the wealth or how much money they had, that would be dependent on how big this rock was. And they would take it down to a stonemason and they'd say, we want you to create a beautiful jar, alabaster jar for our daughter. And, what, what, and they would go and they would have it designed and this was a big deal. So they would design this alabaster jar and then what they would do is they would come and they would say, okay, again, depending on how much money they had, they filled it with expensive oil or perfume called either spikenard and myrrh and this was poured into this alabaster jar and then what would happen it was all beautifully polished and looked amazing they would then seal it closed so it couldn't be opened it only was to be opened one time once it's opened it's done so they sealed it shut so it couldn't be opened and what this family would do is they would put it out to the front of their house and say I have a daughter and if you and this is our her dowry this is was an example of her dowry to the family and so what happened is um, they, they would find the right suitor and often in the Jewish faith in the Jewish culture they would um, once the, the guy would say I would like to marry your daughter on the wedding night uh, the woman would break open because it was a dowry would break open this jar and she would pour it on her husband. And it was a sign of honour and saying, I am yours. This is our life together. It was a sign of, I dedicate my life to you. Let's do this together. And so it was a, it was a massive, massive, significant uh, thing that she had done with her alabaster jar when we look at what she did with her um, alabaster jar with, with Jesus when she broke it open and poured it over his feet. It wasn't a small deal. Like any of us, you know, um, the issue I think what we can look at is she obviously knew that her alabaster jar would not ever be opened for her husband. She knew that she had lived a sinful life she knew people looked upon her like she was like the crazy woman with the seven de de demonic spirits. And it's just like every one of us girls and women, we dream. I remember the days of dreaming about my husband. I remember writing down what kind of man I wanted in my life. And, and I even wrote a poem. And even to this day, Miles is like, um, read that. You know, he loves hearing that poem. I wrote it before I met him and it, it was like, He's like, that's me, you know. And I just remember dreaming about having a husband and her dreams were dashed because she lived with guilt and she lived with shame and she lived with this past. That is until she met her saviour, Jesus, who, who, was who she, he felt was worthy of, of her love and 
her love for him. She's like, I dedicate my life to you, Jesus. I give it all over to you, God. And just in the same way, you're like, okay, Bonnie, this is a really awesome story. This is awesome. Thank you for sharing that story with me. You know, it's got some significance. But just like the alabaster jar is just like every single one of your hearts. And sometimes I feel like in life, we feel like we've got to hold on to our alabaster jar. You even think about Mary. It took her a while. She followed Christ after she was healed. She followed him around. She was actually a very significant part of, the, um, of Jesus and his resurrection. She followed him around. But it was this moment. She's like, I'm giving this to him. That's why it was considered so priceless. I'm giving this over to God. And just like that, God asks of every single one of you ladies to pour your whole life out regardless of your past, regardless of the brokenness that you may have experienced, regardless of the shame and the guilt that the enemy likes to remind you of. Not only does he want all of that, he wants all of your talents. He wants your gifts. He wants everything. He wants you to pour your whole life and it is then, then that God can use you like you could never have imagined. A a life of freedom, a life where you can move forward like you never thought you could. You think, well, Bonnie, I'm kind of like getting into my retirement. No, it's just the beginning. God has something in for you. Don't let the enemy lie to you. You are enough. You are good enough. So this was a sign of honour to her saviour, Jesus Christ, and saying thank you. It was, and it's the same for us. We need, it's also a sign of honour to Jesus, to us, when we hand over our hearts. I dedicate my life to you, Lord. I give it all over to you. I won't hold one drop back. So my first point, you know, and the other thing I wanted to say is our worries and concerns. As women, we can hold on to so many worries and concerns, especially maybe for our children. I know for me, Jaden got COVID and it was like a huge amount of fear came upon my life. And I was like, what is going to happen? Is he going to be okay? I worried and worried and I saw this photo of him and it was like I was in the middle of putting all this together and Jesus said to my heart, he's like, Bonnie, hand him over to me. Hand him over. You do not need to walk around all day with this burden of concern and worry. Look, we're going to have concern. It's natural. But we can't make it ruin our day. We've got to be able to hand it over and say, God, I give him over to you. So my first point here is we are never too broken or sinful to receive Christ's restorative power. Jesus specialises in restoration. I remember when I was sitting and having dinner one time with a friend and she was, uh, we were, she was talking about how she was having some issues with her daughter with self-worth and insecurities and she was just like, she just doesn't think she's beautiful enough. She doesn't think she's got insecurities and she's like, she's just like me. I'm the same. I'm, I've, I've got so many insecurities. I've, I don't think I'm pretty enough. And it kind of made sense because when I would sit down and talk to her, the first thing she would talk about was plastic surgery and what plastic surgery she needed and whatever. And I'm like, you don't need any plastic surgery. I don't need plastic surgery. <laughs> Anyone needs it. But anyway, that's another story. But I was like, wow, yeah, you know, like, And I said, you know what? I said, I really believe we need to have faith here. 
that, that, that God will heal you of this insecurity and your self-worth and that, you know, God will do a work in you. I said, let's start praying. Let's, start, have, let's have a day of fasting. Let's try and, like, ask God to do a work in your life. And she, she was like, no, no, no. I've decided that, this, that I'll always have this in my life. I'll always have this in my life. And I was like, whoa, how many of us limit God with how much he can do in our life? And I was saddened. I was like, I know God can heal you of what you're going through. I, I know it. I, I see it. I read about it. And it's happened in my life. If anyone's broken and has a past and has some stuff in their life, it's me. And I know God, I, the fact that I'm standing here and being able to share with you, you know, I guess he's done it for me. And, he's, and I, I just believe it and know it so much. And I just thought, how often do we limit God and, with our faith and with the hope that he's given us? Don't lose hope on what, how he, on how much he can work in your life. The other interesting thing about this alabaster jar is that it had to be broken before the, the perfume could come out. And it is in our brokenness that God can use us. That's what I talk about when he specializes in brokenness. I know when I went to Israel, there was this, uh, everywhere you go, there was mosaics in the synagogues and in the churches. And mosaics are shards of brokenness and they've made these absolutely beautiful artwork out of brokenness. And that is our God. That is how he works. He works and specializes in brokenness. So don't ever think that your past or your shame or don't let the accuser of the enemy make you think that you are not good enough to be used by God because you are. And I'm here to tell you right now, you are good enough. And God has a special plan and a purpose for you. And that's, what, that, that's been my heart's cry. That's been just like being inside of my heart of like, I've had to share this with you. So let's read on. Let's read on about what other areas in our life. How do we know that we are living a life where God, a pouring out is happening? How do I know that I'm pouring out my life to God? What are some indicators that is going on in my life, in the, in, in the home, in uh, my workplace, wherever I'm going? How do I know that I'm living this life? But I think the first important thing is that breaking and understanding. Give it over to God. Once you've done that, and it's not going to, be like one. I believe God has the power to do it like that. I'm never going to underestimate that. But sometimes it's a journey. And sometimes you have to say, I'm not taking that on. I'm handing that over. But this next uh, part, let's read in on, read on John 12, 3. And this is another version of the uh, story. You'll find it in different um, parts of the Bible. I think it's in Matthew, Mark and John. We'll make Mark look. It's, 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 it, the, the story is the different versions. So it's actually quite beautiful to go read all the versions from, from their account. It's, a, it's very powerful. And in, in, if you read in John 12, 3, then John took about a pint of pure... Sorry. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume, and she poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And then the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Fragrance, beautiful, filled the room. The moment you hand it all over to God, the presence of the Spirit of God hovers around you. Isn't it beautiful when you meet somebody 
that has just a beautiful presence around them. When they're constantly encouraging you and telling you it's going to be okay or praying for you or making you a meal. There's so many opportunities that you as women can leave a beautiful fragrance. I love when Joyce Meyer, she really challenged me one time. She said, when you're thinking about yourself and things getting down and life is hard, go do something for somebody else. That's what life's about, hey. It's about leaving a beautiful fragrance. And I think Atula, and I know she's going through some hardships with her, her health. Tula is a beautiful woman of God in our church. And she doesn't allow what is going on in her life to stop her from ministering to other people, not just in this room and not just in this church. She's out there in the community. She's spreading the fragrance of the Holy Spirit everywhere she goes. She's not sitting at home saying, oh, I'm just not feeling too good and I don't know if I can do this. She is a powerhouse. And there is a great example of, of even in the toughest of situations, it is the Christ in her that allows her to live the life that God has called her to be, even while she's being given some diagnosis that we are believing for healing in Jesus' name. But, you know, this is what our life is about. It's about leaving a fragrance. And I also know if, you, if, you, if we read on later, we'll read on later, that it also the fragrance, it brings condemnation. It brings people's like, what is going on here? You know, what is happening here? This should not be happening. That is a waste of money. What is happening? And I know for Miles and I, there's been several times in our lives where we've felt that we've made a decision to do something and people are like, what? Especially in the world, you know, when they don't, because they didn't know Jesus like she knew Jesus. And I know when we do our taxes and they look at our numbers and they're like, uh, why are you giving so much to the church and to here and then? How do you do it? Like, that's crazy. I'm like, yeah, it is kind of crazy, but that's what we've been called to do. And even for us as a family, on a Friday night, our kids go to youth. And there's been times along the journey where soccer's come up and basketball's come up. And, you know, and I'm not saying for anybody else, this is just for us and what we felt to do. And there's been, for my kids, they've been like, well, you're not going to come. Oh, well, you're going to let the team down now, aren't you? Good on you. No, and it's like, you know, that's fine, but we believe the power of our kids going to youth. And that's what we've decided to do. And our kids have followed, followed suit. So can I encourage you? What scent are you leaving when you leave the, the wall, the doors of these church today? You know, I know for me, sometimes I'm not leaving the best aroma. <laughs> you know, I know at home. You know, I can get really short with the kids and I can get short with Miles. He knows I can get short with him. And it's those times where I'm like, I have not given my time to God that I need to. I haven't given him my day. I need to pour my day out to him. I need to pour these frustrations out to him. And it is through those times that God just does a work. And then the fragrance is just like, I feel like I can do so much more. And it is a supernatural uh, thing that happens. I can't put words on it. It's like God just gives you the capacity. He gives you the good attitude. He helps you get through your day. He helps you get through uh, these times. But it is a, an outpouring of our life to Him first because He believes in us. 
trust him with it. Just trust him. Give him a chance. You know, I think the, one of the things that we do in life with Jesus is, is as women, is we can be very controlling. Like, well, hang on a minute. If I hand this over, it means I don't have control of it anymore. He's got it. Trust him with it. Give him that sacrifice. So let's read on. It says in John 12, 4 to 8, But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him and objected, because we talked about this earlier, why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief, a keeper of the money. He used it to help himself to what was put into it. So he didn't know Jesus. And then Jesus turns around and says, Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. And my point is, is when we pour out our lives to Christ, we become part of God's great plan. How beautiful. Mary didn't know that her sacrifice of her beautiful alabaster jar to Jesus would have been part of God's great plan to prepare his son's body for burial. You think about it. God needed Mary to prepare his son to go to the cross. It's said in in, um, commentaries that that beautiful aroma that was left on Jesus would have been a reminder of him to hang in there when he was whipped when the crown of thorns won on his head. It was a reminder, hang in there. You're loved, you're doing the right thing. And so how often in our life, just like Mary, that we, we, we need to be obedient to what God has called us to do. Just like Mary, you know, she came and she handed it over. She didn't realise she was part of a really big plan. And God needs us. He needs, I've been speaking speaking to myself before I've come because there's been, you're not good enough, Bonnie. You can't do this. If only people knew what you'd done in the past or what did this and what are that, blah, blah, blah. But it's like God's saying, you're enough. You've given your life over to me and you've been filled by my spirit and now you need to share what God has done. And what is God is doing? And the same is for you. God is calling some of you right now. He's been calling you to do something and you've been holding back, thinking you're not good enough, thinking you can't, whether it's in your workplace, whether it's with your family. And God is saying, you can do it. You can do it. Without... The other thing I love about it is Jesus defended Mary's act. I said, don't. Hang on a minute. Leave her alone. So when you go out for your just, uh, justice cause or maybe what God has called you to do, know that the defender goes before you. Know that God has resourced you. Know that he has given you all you need to do what he has called you to do. You know, God knew that Mary had that alabaster jar that was sitting on her counter and that she probably never use it. He knew. But he, he knew 
what it needed to be used for. He resourced her and he knew that he wanted so badly to have his son prepared in the way that he wanted because he's, a, he's an intentional God. So I just ask you to take that time and say, God, where can I be used? So we're going about to sing this song. This is the song that inspired me for this message. And I'm just going to pray that God does a work in your heart. That is, there's any hurt or brokenness or anything in the past that God, um, that the enemy has, has come and tried to steal from you. I pray there'll be a healing in your life. I also pray that God will fill you and that the fragrance of the Holy Spirit will follow you out these doors and that you can be a vessel for Him and be able to do the work that He's called you to do. And then I really pray also that God will give you visions. I'm going to say this. When I got this revelation, I, I never thought for a minute that I'd be standing here to share it. God gave me this vision in my head that this is what He wanted me to do. And I believe God is going to give you visions of what He wants you to do for the cause and to fulfill the plan that He has for His people. Thanks, Anna.